Hello, and welcome to Bookable Space. I'm your host, Yvonne Battlefelton. Today, we're joined by Rosalind Reed. Rosalind will be reading from and talking to us about her book, The Spiritcom. Rosalind, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. And part of that is because I really am looking forward to being read to. I love being read to. So um, I'll just start with my first question. And that's really just, if you can tell us a little bit about the book, please. Well, the book is based on these devices that are supposedly communicate with the dead. And they're very popular in Europe. There are people who build them. There are groups formed around them, and they, they um, supposedly communicate with the departed. So is that what gave you the idea of um, like what might happen if someone did want to communicate? Yeah. Basically, in this book, in my book, he built it to communicate with his dead wife, and uh, she told him something he really didn't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I love that because it's not at all what I was expecting. I was expecting it like, you know, he 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 tries to communicate and he, you know, he doesn't hear back or he hears back from it. But now it's like, yeah, you know, it works. <laughs> but he might wish it hadn't. <laughs> oh, I love that. And certainly have... my, my main character wished it hadn't. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Could we have our first meeting, please? <laughs> I, well, okay. You want the first one? Yes, please. Okay, so my detective's name is Early, uh, James Early, and he's having a tarot reading here with his neighbor across the, the hall, whose name is Amber. Early pulled out three cards and turned them face up. The first one depicted an armored skeleton riding a horse and bore the word death. He looked up at Amber. Is this clear enough? It seems rather obvious, which is one reason why I'm skeptical about tarot readings. Too obvious, she said. It may look clear to someone who can't read tarot, but the death card rarely means death. However, since we're asking to contact a dead person, I think it's a sign we can take this reading literally. Who's the chick on the next card? The high priestess. She guards secrets, Amber said. I don't like the sound of that. Is she going to give up any? That's not her purpose. The major arcana represent forces not under our control. She and death are part of that. He placed his big hand next to the third card. What about this troll sitting on this money? The four of pentacles. He's a miser. See how he holds on to those coins? You won't get anything from him. I read fours is what you need. In this case, you would need a crowbar to pry out whatever you want from him. Good luck with that. She shook her strawberry blonde curls and gathered up the cards. Giving up? It's pretty clear Melanie doesn't want to be contacted. Shit, that was no help. Sorry, Early, I'm not an infallible oracle. He patted her well-manicured hand. I'm just frustrated. Me too, she pouted. I hate it when the cards come up empty. Would it work better if I directly asked the cards whether Melanie was murdered and who did it? Amber's big blue eyes flew open. You think she was murdered? Spencer does. Where did he get that idea? She died in an accident. Early decided to be discreet for now. Regardless of where he got it, he does have it. Can we ask? We can give it a try. She handed the deck back to him. Early shuffled like he was off to Buffalo. His laser focused on his question, a man on a mission. Those cards weren't going to evade him this time. Ta-da, he said, presenting them to Amber on his palm. She fanned the cards out again. Go for it. 
He poked through the deck and soon had three cards staring up at him. Amber contemplated them. This looks more forthcoming. Good. What do you see? Sword, 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 she cried, waving her hands and tinkling her jewelry. Someone is in emotional turmoil. No shit. What have I dealt here? The first card is the Four of Swords, a woman crying in her bed. She's miserable, regretful, depressed. Something horrible has happened to her. But as I said, fours tell you what you need, and I call this card, give it a rest. She needs to step back and stop mourning. She looked up at early. Could this apply to Spencer? But there's a woman on the card. The meaning is what counts. Except for court cards, and sometimes not even then, the minor arcana are gender fluid. Early shrugged. Then maybe it is him. Doesn't building an obscure electronic device to contact one's deceased wife sound over the top to you? He did that? Early's discretion vanished. Yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued, Amber said. There are many different ways of grieving. I've contacted the deceased plenty of times and seen all kinds of weird things, both in readings and in my clients. Me too, but Spencer's project seems pretty out there to me. Obviously not to him. Look at the second card, the Knight of Swords. As I've mentioned before, the court cards, kings, queens, knights, and pages, represent real people. In my experience, the Knight of Swords depicts someone who likes to stir up trouble. Why would that card show up now? Who is this and where do they fit in? Could be the murderer, really said, if there is one. Perhaps the cards are saying she really was murdered. Amber's face turned gloomy. And the last card? She picked up the card and examined it. The Page of Cups. See the fish peeking out of the cup he's holding? This is a neat, naive person who's going to get a big surprise related to matters of the heart. Early's brow furrowed. Get a big surprise? He hasn't gotten one already? The card is placed in the future segment if you read them that way. Besides, we can't assume it refers to Spencer. What do you make of all this? The previous reading showed mostly forces out of our control, but this reading indicates the opposite. I'd say we need to identify who the people are and what roles they play. That might lead us to the truth about Melanie. Great Hitchens ghost. I better write this down. He took out his notebook and scribbled some notes, then stood up and repocketed it. I think I've got all I need to get started. Thanks for being my go-to expert. She smirked. Always do what you're best at. I'll probably be thinking more about those readings. These off-the-wall combinations tend to nag at me. Don't let this case make you crazy. That's my job. He grabbed the remains of his coffee and walked out the door, deep in thought about what the cards had and had not revealed. That's that. Ooh. So I'm really curious what sort of research you did for the book. Because, like, I Googled Spiritcom, and then all sorts of ghost stores and things came up that I was not <laughs> expecting. And I can't mm-hmm. say what I was expecting, but then, you know, it, things come up and you're going, whoa, like, this is not what... And I could imagine just getting lost in, like, you know, clicking a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things and finding out, well, who does what with where and, you know, and... And all sorts of things. So I'm really curious about the research that you might have done to bring this book to life. Well, the initial contact I had with the Spiritcom was uh, somebody I was chatting with online, oh, a couple of decades ago. He was from MUFON, the UFO group, and he had a tape of the original Spiritcom, which was uh, invented by some guy in Pennsylvania. It's really a humbug, but <laughs> supposedly there was this voice from, from a dead doctor who would talk to this guy, and he sent me a copy of the tape. And it, believe me, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> wow. It's kind of like, 
but you can't understand, you can understand him, but it's like real blurred and real electronically sounding. So I found this book called the ghost of 20,000 cycles or something by John Fuller. He tends to write ghost stories. He also wrote the ghost of flight 401 about the Eastern airlines crash. And uh, that's got the whole story of the original Spiritcom that was built by this guy out in Pennsylvania. So I had known about this, and I originally started to write this as a romance back in the 90s. (laughs) And it just wasn't coming together, (laughs) as you might imagine. (laughs) But it's kind of like a romance now, except it's really a mystery. You know what? One thing about that, I love that you returned to it. That it was something that you were curious about and mm-hmm. interested in in the '90s, and you just, you know, didn't let it go and didn't just leave mm-hmm. it. But you came back, and it became something like even bigger. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was just there, had to find a way, and and once I sense. did, you know, then it then it all came together. Was there anything that you found in your research that either like you? could find that you could change and reimagine or did you have to keep kind of everything as you found, like if someone said, this is how it works, is that how it works in the book as well? <laughs> or can you play with it and change things up? Oh, it certainly doesn't turn out like anybody would expect. <laughs> that's, that's how my books are. <laughs> Sometimes they don't turn out how I expect. <laughs> oh, I love that. So it went from that to being like a cautionary tale, do it, but at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow the characters, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> oh, I love it. Can we have another reading, please? Sure. Okay, here is number two. Okay, they're in a bar. And um, this involves his son, early son, Tiki, and his friend, the chief of police. So he and the chief of police are in a bar uh, having 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 a beer, basically. <laughs> and the band starts up. Okay, so Early's friend Hal, the chief of police, starts out here. I better finish my supper before the band starts. Rock and roll can be hard on a digestion. Hal attacked his burger again as a clamorous group of musicians set up their equipment on the stage. I didn't realize there's a band tonight. I saw the sign out front. They're called Free Beer. (laughs) What a terrible name, Early said, groaning. Hal laughed and wiped his hands on his napkin. It is if you own the bar. They usually play down east. I caught them during our last vacation. They're loud but fun. They even let people come up on stage to sing. Like a live karaoke band? You could say that. He leaned towards early. I recall you were pretty good in the high school choir. Going to get up and do a number? I'm surprised you can remember that far back. How could I forget? You said you only joined the choir to get chicks. It sure worked, Al said. Early smiled and lowered his head. True, but I haven't sung in public since living on bass. Even then, I had to be really drunk. Drink up. I'd like to hear that smooth baritone again. Early watched the band scurry around, plugging in wires and pulling instruments out of cases. I'd look like a dork. I don't know any new songs. You don't have to. This band plays everything. New, classic, blues, even country. Go chat with them. They'll come up with something you can do. I have to make an important phone call. Hal whipped out his cell phone and punched in a number. Early knocked back his beer and signaled the waitress for another as the band began tuning up. Why the hell shouldn't I go up and sing? It might be fun. It's been a long time since I had any of that. A little karaoke might even ease how much he missed his wife for a while. 
After talking to the lead singer and agreeing on the song, he returned to the table. Hal was grinning like a Cheshire cat. Everything's set up early, said. Why the smirk? Can't be excitement about my singing. Just remembering the old days. Let's hope the new days haven't been too hard on my voice. Hal patted his shoulder. You'll be fine. Dan tore into Hit the Road Jack. Early smiled, tapped his foot, and enjoyed his beer. The applause stopped, and the lead singer announced, We're going to bring up Mr. James Early to do a number. Please give him a big hand. Great Hitchens ghost. I've barely had a chance to get used to the idea of singing in public again. What if I... Hal leaped from his chair and dragged Early out of his. Here he is, guys, primed and ready to go. He shoved Early onto the stage, laughing so hard his gold tooth flashed. Applause broke out again as Early glanced around the crowded room and grabbed the microphone, glad for the darkness which hit his nerves. I'm not sure I'm drunk enough for this, but I'm about to find out. The band hit the downbeat, and Early swung into the only song he could still remember the words to. My babe and I roll in the long green grass. I reached around, grabbed her by her. Belted out, Early! Hal's booming voice became a one-man cheering section. I've always been more of an investigator than a singer, but now I'm both a singing detective. He had to admit he was starting to feel pretty good. The music, the cheers of the crowd, the beat, the stage lights, the beer, everything about the moment was intoxicating. He began hopping around the stage like a carefree teenager, pounding out testosterone-fueled lyrics. And when she said, oh, daddy, and screamed my name, I couldn't believe how fast I... Sing it, Smoochie, this chief howled. Smoochie? No one had called him by his high school nickname in decades, with good reason. Most guys preferred to keep their teeth. Al waved his beer in the air and looked ready to boogie, even though his choices of boogieing were literally fat. Get down, Smoochie! Early was about to, t- to tell Hal to knock off the Smoochie talk when he saw Tiki walk into the bar. Tiki's his son. <laughs> his 14-year-old son. <laughs> oh, no. And he's yeah. walking to the bar. Yeah. Yeah, well, Hal called him on the phone and told him to come. <laughs> Sneaky little thing, ain't he? <laughs> <laughs> I love how much fun it seems like you had in writing it and then like reading it and talking about it. I think it's such a joy to hear you talk about it. Can you talk about, I guess, like what was the writing of this book like for you? Well, this particular section, it's really funny. I wanted to use a uh, 60 minute man, but you know, you got to get permission for everything. So it took me a couple of months to find out who wrote it. <laughs> And then it took me about the same time to find out who owned the lyrics because the person who writes it usually doesn't own it anymore. And so I contacted them and asked for permission. And they said, and well, after like three or four weeks, they got back to me and said, okay, um, we'd like to know what page, we'd like to see the page you're going to use it on and the page before that and page after that. And I said, you know, (laughs) I'm a writer. I'll write my own damn lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) They can go to hell. (laughs) I was thinking, wow, I didn't like what a lot to to go through to, you know, to to use the lyrics. So I love hearing that, you know, actually just felt like I'll just write it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It can be really expensive, too. I mean, one guy uh, said that he used some of uh, Eric Clapton's lyrics and something. And he said, I still have the invoice. It was $1,000. Oh, my goodness. I, I think it was like only a, a line or two. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> talk about commitment to the like to the craft like yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. i do feel like i would be the one to be like i'm just gonna you know i'll make it up and i'll do yeah. but i really did also appreciate that not only did you make up your own lyrics but you sang them for us too <laughs> Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those songs that doesn't really matter. <laughs> the words are what matters. <laughs> but still, like, I always love, like, if someone does the voices, and then and surely, like, I wasn't expecting that, you know, you'd break out in the song. So I have to say that, you know, people have a tough act to follow. <laughs> And I guess so I just wanted to ask, so I'm kind of cheating because I say I can only ask three questions and I have already asked three questions. Oh, but ask I am away, curious. ask away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm curious where early comes from because he, it also seems like you have fun writing him as well. And so oh. he's this detective. He has uh -huh. a series now, right? Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us about like where does early come from? He just came to me one morning out of the ether. I woke up and this book started writing itself in my head. And it can happen like two or three mornings or like three or four mornings. And I, I was actually trying to get it to go away. <laughs> it's like, stop bothering me. <laughs> and then I paid attention to it and I said, gee, this isn't bad. Maybe I should write it down. <laughs> and that's what happened. So oh. now I'm working on the third book. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. I love that you were trying to get it to go away. And he was like, no. <laughs> yeah exactly and so like i kind of felt an obligation to write this down and to do the best i could to make him like a middle class type of person which you know not gangster and not ghetto and not a drug dealer kind of thing yeah it's a break he is black so i based him on um obama and dennis haysbert <laughs> oh wow how interesting, like to, to base them on real people, because then it also yeah. reminds you that they're like three dimensional and that, you know, there's things that yeah. he wants and ways that he feels and people he loves and all of that. So yeah. I love that yeah. basing it on a real person, because then it's hard to it's hard to forget that there's so much more than you know, what you see on the page. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you have somebody to you can look at when you're in doubt. It's like, well, what would these people do? Yeah. Oh, and awesome. So it helps. <laughs> awesome tip um so could we have our final reading please oh sure in this one amber runs into his office early's office and there's a mouse in her office and she's afraid so she wants him to get the mouse out <laughs> she hugged herself swaying back and forth and looked at the floor there's a mouse in my office early stood speechless until he doubled nearly doubled over with laughter what's so funny amber snapped Early straightened up and wiped away tears. You dash in here like Godzilla is on your ass because you're running from a cute little mouse. Ha <laughs> ha, that's rich. She pouted. It's not little, it's big and black, and I'm terrified of mice. He headed for the door. The death squad is on the job, ma'am. This is so silly. I'm sure Amber is exaggerating. Early stalked into the perennial darkness of Amber's reading room. Don't you have any real lights in here? The ones which came at the place, I wonder if they still work. She flipped the switch. They worked. Early scanned the room for signs of the invader. At what location did you last observe the perp? She pointed in that corner. He walked to the corner and canvassed the area. No mouse. It must be hiding out. Amber shivered. Where? If I were a mouse, I could tell you. 
What a terrible idea. I'd rather be a rat. (laughs) He took a a seat at the reading table. Maybe we should chill out and wait for it to turn up. Amber frowned and hugged herself again. We don't have time for that. Early placed his hand on the table and leaned in. Relax, we got this. He heard a loud plop and looked down at the table. A big hairy spider, as big as a Buick, had just fallen from the ceiling and landed beside his hand. Early yelped and jumped to his feet. Amber, give me a voice water. Amber's big blue eyes darted around in all directions. I don't have one. This is Maine. How can you not have a fly swatter? I'm sorry, Early. Look out, that spider is getting away. The spider jumped onto the floor and headed for the door. Amber pulled it open and the spider ran out. Get it, Amber. Why? It left. It might come back. We need to get rid of it, he said. All right, let's go. Early tracked the spider down the hall and into the waiting room. Now, where the hell did it go? Amber walked into the room behind him. Did you find it? I suspect the perp has concealed itself under the couch, but I can't confirm that. She waved her hand at the couch. Then get under there and look for it. Early stared at her. You really think I can find a spider under that couch? Cut me a break. He didn't want to tell her the idea of crawling into a small dark space with a big black hairy spider scared the bejesus out of him. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot I'm talking to the guy who hasn't been able to find Chandler Hammond. Early grimaced. Maybe he reincarnated as a spider and came back to taunt me. It's big enough. Amber shrugged. And you should catch him and turn him over to his sister, Honoria. She's paying you to find him, isn't she? Actually, the spider is probably female, Early mused, before he saw the spider run from under the couch towards the front door. He jumped behind one of the upholstered chairs. We gotta get rid of that thing. Aren't you gonna shoot it? Amber asked. Oh, I can just see see myself explaining to the chief why I shot an unarmed spider. How do you know it's unarmed? She. Amber waved her arms and said, he, she, it. Stop mansplaining. Early ran to the door to let the spider out and watched it disappear up a nearby holly tree. He turned, sagged against the couch and sighed. She's gone. Now go back to your office and be sure to lock the door really tight in case she comes back and tries to get you. What about the mouse, Amber said. Call me if you see it again. I'll show you how to shoot it. Oh, early. You can afford to be a wise ass with that huge gun of yours. Thanks for nothing. Amber scurried down the hall to her office. I'll come running if I hear you scream. Early's head rolled back as he sucked in a deep breath and exhaled. He didn't want Amber to know he had been even more terrified than she was. They had just escaped from one of the biggest spiders he had ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, he's afraid of spiders. (laughs) And he was laughing at her for being afraid of a mouse. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wise ass. <laughs> so well, this whole motif of him being afraid of spiders is through the whole book. It even explains why. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we have to read the book to find out why he's afraid of spiders. Uh-huh. And where can we buy the Sparacom? You can get the hardcover on Amazon. And of course, you can get the ebook on Amazon. I think the ebook is free, free on Kindle Unlimited now. Oh, cool. So you can get it either way on Amazon. Wonderful. Rosalind, thank you so much for being our guest and for reading to us, for doing the voices, for singing. And <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Emma. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it was such a treat. And I'm looking forward to reading the book and finding out why Early is afraid of spiders. (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to doing my next book with you. (laughs) Oh, that sounds great. It's a deal.